Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. We're coming to the last chapter in our series on future and forgiveness. It was Easter that we actually kind of opened the book to this. And there we discovered that one of the most expensive the most valuable gifts that we will ever be offered is Jesus' gift of forgiveness. Now, I know it may come across with a little bit of a hype, right? I mean, really, guy? I mean, is church, right? I mean, like, it, the most expensive, the most valuable gift will ever be offered? And for anybody that comes with that little bit of, you know, cynicism there, it's like, that, you know, that's really welcomed. Because truth be told, rather than a hype there, that's somewhat understating just how incredible that this gift that we're being offered is. And with it, Jesus not only offers to us the gift of forgiveness, but it comes with another gift. And that is the gift of forgiveness, his gift to us to be able to forgive. You see, our future, the future of every relationship that is of value to us is Forgiveness dependent. In fact, it's almost a tweetable principle to be able to say no future without forgiveness. And so when we put these in front of us, I hope that everybody, you know, there's a little bit of a smile on our face or at least a smile in our soul, kind of a nodding our head, just going like, you know, hey, God, thank you so much for this. And I want us to have that because, well, in this last chapter this weekend, we need to talk about a problem. And the problem, as we open it up, actually gets worse before it gets better. In fact, it can get much worse before it gets better, though I promise you that there is hope and there is help for it by the time um, that we're done. So before we jump into this, just to kind of help the person next to you, why don't you do this? Why don't you just turn to them and just you know, gently say to them, I'm sorry, but you have a problem. Go ahead and tell the person next to that. Yeah, <laughs> you have a problem. The problem begins. The problem begins with our default. You see, we don't have a default toward forgiveness in our lives. We all have the same default, and that default is to not forgive or unforgiveness. Forgiveness is not a natural thing to do. In fact, Forgiveness is actually a supernatural thing to do. Forgiveness, Jesus' gift of forgiveness, his gift of forgiving is actually sourced in him. There is no other religion that has forgiveness as something that is of value and something that its followers are encouraged to be able to step into and to do that way. Before Jesus in the world, Forgiveness was something that was ridiculed. If you're a person of power, if you're a person that was in control, like, why would you forgive? Forgiveness was foolish. Forgiveness was a sign of weakness. Therefore, um, it was just shunned. And then comes Jesus. And this is one of the ways that he literally changes the world. But back to the problem. Now, we know our default is for unforgiveness. And you see, when we do not forgive, 
there is an effect that it has. Now we know that unforgiveness, well, it affects all of the relationships that we have in life. They're not the same. But it also affects us personally. Because when we don't forgive, we have now become susceptible. We actually open ourselves up to bitterness that comes into our lives. These two things, unforgiveness and bitterness, that are gonna go hand in hand together. And at the very core of the message that God has for us, his word to us today is this. Don't allow bitterness to ruin, to bring death into your life. I'm so glad again for multi-generations that we have when we gather together. And in this, the younger that you are, the sooner that you can learn what Jesus says and apply it in your lives, the better your life is going to be. It's not that if you're older, you can't do it now, but you're gonna have so many more scars and you have so many more regrets as a result of not having put these things into practice. So, two words from God to us. We're gonna to toggle back and forth with these. So if you have a Bible, I want you to grab it right now. If it's on your phone, open that app up. And let's look together to begin with at Ephesians chapter four. Both of these scriptures are ones that I hope that you will bookmark, that you'll come back to, that you'll look at, and let them speak over and over to you. In verse number 30 of Ephesians 4, it starts out with these words. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to each other, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Now, this is revealing a problem. The problem is this, that bitterness grieves the Holy Spirit. Would you just say that with me? Bitterness grieves the Holy Spirit. J.T. Kendall, in what is a classic work, it's called Total Forgiveness, he makes this statement, couldn't agree more, when he says this, I've come to the conclusion that the primary way that we grieve the Holy Spirit in our lives is by fostering bitterness or by allowing for unforgiveness to take place within it. If you were to re-look at this passage and begin just to condense it, it would read with this message to us. Look at it. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Get rid of all bitterness, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Second scripture, go back and forth with. Hebrews chapter 12 is a chapter that is talking about Christian living, some of the problems that we face in our lives. And in verse number 15, it brings this to our attention. It says, now, see to it, speaking to Christians, all of us, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root or root of bitterness grows up to cause trouble and to defile many. That term there, that no one falls short, hysteria is the word there. And it literally means to fall short or to be lacking in. See to it that nobody is lacking in grace or it's saying to this, if you've received Jesus, see to it that you are not graceless in your life because gracelessness, right? That's the problem in and of itself. But gracelessness is what leads to 
unforgiveness and bitterness that occurs in us. Now we've mentioned bitterness a couple of times right now, so what is it exactly that we're talking about? Bitterness occurs when we have a hurt or an offense that's occurred against us, so there's this hurt or offense that's happened in our lives that we won't let go of. In other words, we continue to hold on to that hurt, to that offense, to that wound that's occurred in us. You can be bitter against a person. You can be bitter against the life that is some circumstance against it. I mean, you can be bitter against God. But please don't hear me saying that we're justifying being bitter against God. I'm just saying that some people, their bitterness is rooted in something that they are blaming God for in their life. When somebody has sinned against you, hurt you, defamed you, wounded you. This is what occurs. Somebody does that. There's instantly the creation. We create this ourselves. It's a UO card. This UO offense. Now, here's, here's what we mean by that. Because of what you did to me, I feel you owe me to be able to pay you back. You owe me for how you've hurt me. You owe me for the damage that you've done to me. You owe, and so I am justified in thinking what I'm thinking about you or doing what I want to do to you, as in you owe, so I have vengeance that I can do with this. Now, we all do these, and these UO cards, man, they're just created on the spot that way. Once you have one of these, two options. We can forgive the term that Jesus used so often with forgiveness is this. We can cancel a debt. It's like, you did something, you incurred a debt, I'm holding this UO card for what you did. Jesus said, now you can choose to cancel that debt. In other words, what you did, here's what I'm doing. I'm just taking what I feel you owe, I have canceled the debt. Or, there's another option. And that is, you can choose to hold on. I am not going to let go of this. I'm keeping this on file. It's almost like I'm carrying this with me wherever I go. And that's where bitterness, hurt, offense, we don't let go of, that begins in our life. Back to a problem. The problem is holding on to this. It grows. This poisons me. Bitterness is a poison and it affects my relationship with others as well. You may have heard this at some time before. Bitterness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person will die. Bitterness and poison. It's a thread that just continues to get put throughout the scripture. Peter, who happened to be one of Jesus' closest disciples. After Jesus' resurrection, and as he was now doing ministry in the name of Jesus, he spoke these words to another Christian. These are words spoken to a Christian. And Peter said this. He said, I see that you are poisoned by bitterness, bound by iniquity. Hebrews 12 that we read earlier. The NLT translates it this way. I love this translation. It says, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up 
in you. That's what holding on this card will do. I want to introduce you to thallium. If you're familiar with thallium or not, thallium is a deadly poison. In fact, thallium has been called the poisoner's poison. It's called that because thallium is colorless, tasteless, and odorless. It is actually a slow-acting poison that brings great pain to the victim. It can be either ingested or it's absorbed through the skin. All you have to do is touch thallium for it to affect you. And the effects of thallium are so different going from person to person, multiple effects, that it's difficult to be able to figure out that you've actually been poisoned with thallium. And so by the time you figured it out, it has taken your life. That's thallium. Aren't you fascinated the things you learn when you come to church? <laughs> come on, like you're taking notes, right? Bitterness is thallium to us. You see, bitterness affects us physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. When we are bitter, when we hold on and become bitter in our life, we have some that are here right now. And the physical problems that you are going through in life are actually because of bitterness that's being held on to. I talked to people this weekend about that, talked about heart palpitations and issues. And they realized it was about this bitterness that they were holding onto that way. It certainly affects our mental health as we hold on to those offenses in our lives. And the mental health issues that some are struggling with right now is because of this bitterness that is in them. That poison is at work in them. Emotionally, well, it just trashes relationships when you hold on to this. And spiritually, we already know what that does, that it grieves the Holy Spirit of God and all that he wants to do in us. As I said, I've already heard this weekend, people talking about like, I, I, let me tell you how this has affected me. I could share. There've been times that I've allowed for bitterness. I have not been willing to let go of an offense and of a hurt that's in my life. And sure as the world that this impacted my life and it made me sick, made me miserable. I know sometimes we just go like, but you know, God, I don't believe that. I don't believe if I hold on to this offense that bitterness is really going to affect me. And you can say, I don't believe that if I took thallium, if I induced thallium to me, I don't think it's going to affect me at all. Doesn't matter if you believe it or not, it is going to do what it does. And based on Jesus' word to us, it doesn't matter whether you believe that holding on to this is going to be a problem. Jesus said it is causing a problem. Every one of these are thallium laced, and we're being affected by it. Now, the good news, of course, there is an antidote. And the antidote to bitterness, the antidote to unforgiveness is forgiveness. If we're to go back, June of 2015, though when I share this, you'll probably go like, I remember when this happened. Dylan Roof, he entered the Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church in South Carolina, Charleston. There was a Bible study that was going on at that time. He joined in the Bible study, but then in the midst of it, he took out a gun and he killed, murdered nine people. 
state senator was one of them. The lead pastor was one of them. And Dylan Roof, as a white supremacist, having just killed nine black followers of Jesus, would later laugh and brag about it. He was convicted, and at his trial, those that were the, um, the loved ones of those that had been murdered were allowed to speak directly to their loved one's murderer. Now, what would you say to the one who killed somebody that you loved? And I realize this, this strikes really close to home, which is in the recent past of Daryl Brooks and what happened there. And you may have remember hearing some of the testimony of people that were actually speaking to him at this point. Well, in this case, every one of those that spoke to Dylan Roof declared forgiveness. It was Anthony, Anthony Thompson, whose wife Myra had been murdered, looked at Dylan and said this, quote, I forgive you and my family forgives you, but I would like to take this opportunity to ask you to repent. And you just got to say, really? That's what was said? That's what was done? Really? I don't know if I could do that. He went on to say, we'd like to take this opportunity to ask you to confess and to give your life to the one who matters most, Jesus, so that he can change you. When you think for just a minute about Pastor Bill, his story, and the individual who ended up killing his father. And then you get Anthony Thomas, seeing the person that had killed him. They had endured incredible pain, incredible hurt. And would any one of us have blamed them, either Bill or Anthony, if they would have held on to this card? I don't think anybody would blame, would put blame like a, don't blame me for holding on to it. But the effect, nonetheless, would have occurred. You see, the reason that Bill found freedom, the reason that Anthony wasn't poisoned by something so terrible that had happened, is because he says, I will not hold on to this. Personally, your offense against me, I am taking that off the table right away. I'm gonna to ask, today, what card do you hold? What is the offense, what is the hurt that you're carrying with you right now? We talked about bitterness and unforgiveness grieving the Holy Spirit, any follower of Jesus, and we just kinda of go like, why is that? I think there's two very, very important reasons, like at the top of the list. The first one is this, is that when we fail to forgive, when we're unwilling to forgive, we actually undermine God's plan for the world, his plan of redemption and reconciliation. 
See, Tim Keller, I, I, I agree so much what um, Tim had said. He said that we actually undermine the glory of the gospel in the world's eyes when we fail to forgive. Another reason that we grieve the Holy Spirit within us is because when we don't forgive, when we're unwilling, when we get bitter, we undermine, we diminish God's forgiveness in our life. Jesus told the story, kind of mind-blowing story, of an individual who was in debt over their head, owed billions of dollars, and they were facing the consequence for it. But they were forgiven. But the same person who'd just been forgiven billions that they could never repay went to somebody who owed them a few thousand. And they made them suffer because of an unwillingness to forgive. Now, the point that Jesus made, I mean, you just can't miss it, right? Like, how could you be forgiven so much and not be willing to forgive something else? And we have this tendency to undermine all that we've been forgiven, Jesus' great gift of forgiveness to us when we just focus on the hurt or somebody else and what they have done to us as well. And when we grieve the Holy Spirit, we become graceless, we become joyless, we become peaceless in our lives. But as I said, you don't have to be. Because Jesus in giving to us his gift of forgiveness has given to us everything that we need to be forgiven. What he did on the cross, the payment of our not just sin and the physical price it would pay, but the eternal consequence, the suffering of our hell for us, that's what Jesus did. And then he in turn, not only giving to us his gift of forgiveness, but he gives to us the gift of forgiveness. You do not have to have your life ruined by what somebody else has done against you. And I know, it seems like this is just like, this is all about me. When you receive both of these, you just go like, golly, like this is just like, this, it couldn't get any better for me. But this goes way beyond me. As good as it is for me, Realizing that when I receive Jesus' gift of forgiveness, when I use Jesus' gift of forgiveness, it is to the glory of God. And that is first and foremost the value of forgiveness, though there is tremendous benefit, of course, for us as well. Which brings us back to, here's the problem. The problem is that bitterness is poisoning us and we need to forgive we need to cancel these deaths now I hope you have never heard in any of this series that the, the canceling of this is something that's easy I don't think forgiveness is easy Jesus never said forgiveness is easy he just said it's essential every one of these cards speaks to the hurt that we have. You could hold your card up right now and say this. You could just say this. I have the right to be bitter. I've got a reason to be bitter. And you know what? It's true. You do. Because this happened. 
The hurt was real. The offense, some of these are so deep. They're so ugly. Some are heinous. It's real. But it's also your choice of whether you're going to hold on to that which has taken place in the past or you're going to make the choice which Jesus is saying, make the choice. Make the choice today and cancel the debt because Jesus says that forgiven, forgive. Would you say it with me? Jesus said that forgiven, forgive. Again, forgiven, forgive. We all have with us this communion element. And if you haven't, I'm just gonna ask you to grab it real quickly. If perchance you did not get one of these, if you're online right now, if you just wanna grab yours as well, but if you didn't get one of these, if you just lift a hand, um, our sister will try and get you one just as soon as they can. So just keep it, keep it up there. We hold in our hands symbols of what Jesus did so that we could be forgiven and the reminder to forgive as well. Jesus is going to talk about his body being broken, his blood being shed. Why? So that we, our sins could be forgiven. We are forgiven people. That's what this is speaking of today. But Jesus tells us when you take this in your hands, there's something I want you to do. And what he wants us to do is this. He wants us to, he says, examine yourselves before you eat and before you drink from the cup. What am I examining myself for? Quite frankly, it's this. Do you have both of these in your hands today? Now, you can feel the tension already, can't you? How can I have this and this at the same time? Well, it's because this is real life. This is the real stuff. This is, this is like us. And Jesus said, we need to put one of these down. And Jesus does not want you to put this down in case that you're like, okay, I'll just put this down. Then no. So I want you to put this down. I want you to cancel that debt before you take this. Now, I'm really glad. Many listening. Truth be told, you're not holding on to one of these. I mean, you, you have canceled the debt. You come in, there is not a UO card that is in your hand. That is a good place to be. And we thank God for it. But I'm just going to allude to this problem again just a little bit more. By the end of this year, guess what? You're going to have one of these in your hand again. And you're going to have a choice that you need to make. If you happen to be married, it may not take till the end of the year. I'm going to put levity aside just, you know, just a little bit because if you're married, this is the reason that one of the most important relationships of your life, it is not moving forward and it is not going well. In fact, if you're married, it may look more like this of what you're holding on to. I had somebody tell me this weekend, they said, God, when you said that, my spouse and I, we would not even look at each other in church. Right? This, this is real. What do we do? We let little things that we hold on to, not big, little things that we hold on to, ruin a relationship. And we got to take the little things as well as the bigger. 
would you right now, before we open up this cup, before Jesus say, you know, we know this is Jesus and I'm canceling the debt that I have been holding on to, the hurt, the wound, the cause of my bitterness, and I'm putting it aside. If you haven't trusted Jesus as your savior, this is the beginning for forgiveness. He went to the cross, he's risen again so that you can be forgiven. You receive that forgiveness by receiving him as your savior. And if you'd like to do that, I wanna offer this prayer for you right now. Lord Jesus, for each and every person here, realizing I need forgiveness. And I also realize, Jesus, that you did for me what needs to be done, and I'm gonna ask you for your forgiveness, for you to be the Lord and Savior of my life today. Lord, that is my sincere prayer. Friend, if that's you, can I just ask you, would you just lift a hand? An upraised hand is saying this, that I am asking Jesus to be my Lord, to be my Savior today. And for the first time. Let's hold them up for a second. Yeah. Thanks again for your saving grace, Jesus. We celebrate it now together in your name. Amen. I'm going to ask you if you take this cup. You just kind of bend the first tab down like that. It's going to make it easy to be able to peel back the cellophane and take out the bread. Jesus' words to us, my body was broken for you. For the forgiveness of your sin, I went to the cross. You are forgiven. Let's eat it in remembrance of that. After supper, the scriptures say that Jesus took the cup and when he had drank from it and given thanks, he said, this cup, it's the new covenant. It's the new agreement with God made through my blood, the forgiveness of sins. To everybody that's trusted Jesus, I want you to be reminded you have been given the greatest gift, the most valuable gift possible. You've been given the gift of forgiveness and you have been given the gift of forgiveness. Let's not neglect them as we remember what Jesus did for us. Let's worship him in drinking. Lord Jesus, we do thank you that you did everything that we needed to be forgiven. We've been forgiven completely. We've been forgiven by grace. We've been forgiven with mercy. Thank you, Jesus. May we live in it. And Lord, may we practice it out of a love for you and for your glory, Father. And everybody in agreement said, amen. amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.